In this episode of K-Pop Hot Issues, we'll discuss Jung Young's hiatus, justice for Soo Jin, secret marriage featuring divorce, Chris Wu, virginal K-Pop, and Michaela. What the heck is this? Yes, of course. We'll wrap it up with a debak or not about Red Velvet's comeback, Queendom, aka yeah. the States of Wait a the minute. Queendom. Yeah, right? <laughs> debak or not? Right? Because nah, Queendom. We will give issue. it a passing mention. Yeah, okay. Okay. So just the state of the queendom to wrap us up today. This is the K-pop cast bringing you the best sounds and ideas in K-pop each week. I'm DJ Peter Lowe. And I'm, I'm Stephanie. P- oh, nope. <laughs> Sorry, Michaela. <laughs> and I'm your PD name, Michaela. I'm Stephanie. And take us away with the first news headline, PD name. Yes, so our first headline for today is Twice's Chongyun to temporarily halt all activities again to focus on recovery. And we say again because this isn't the first time she's taken a leave of absence to, you know, just focus on her mental health. Yeah. Yeah. So if I can actually read the statement from JYP Entertainment. JYP. <clears throat> Hello, this is JYP Entertainment. We would like to inform you about Twice member Jen Young's current health situation. Jen Young is currently experiencing panic and psychological anxiety. Mm-hmm. Although Jen Young was moving forward with her schedule by simultaneously taking action for our recovery, we value our artists' health as the most important issue. Therefore, after deep discussions internally accompanied by professional medical measures, we have decided that it is needed for Jung Yun to have sufficient time to focus on her recovery and rest. After discussions with Jung Yun herself and other TWICE members, we inform you that Jung Yun was unable to attend TWICE's activity for a while in future schedule. As the artist label, we will provide the best procedures for Jung Yun to recover with sufficient amount of time. We kindly ask for your love and support for Jung Yun's full recovery. Thank you. I heard JYP's English voice as I was yeah, reading right. that. <laughs> yeah, like singing voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, but again, this is this is a great example of, of a, a good trend in K-pop is labels actually taking into account the health of their artists, you know, even, even in a small way of just letting her take a break. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is a bare minimum, obviously. Yeah. I think all it, of them should have way less schedule and more breaks just like naturally. Mm-hmm. But sure, a small step in the right direction. Yeah. But and again, also being open about the fact that it is a break for mental health and, and being that this is the reason and not being ashamed of the fact that, it, you know, she's having these issues with anxiety. Yeah, but you know, I think it's not just mental health. If you look at fan cams, um, a lot of people have pointed out, I guess, from last performances during Alcohol Free, she was kind of like wincing while she was performing. Um, if you look at the footage, it looks like she's actually undergoing physical um, pain. And I believe there's something what, in her spine uh, that isn't exactly lining up right now. So that could be um, permanently damaging and... Uh, not to mention very painful. Wow, I didn't know that. Um, but actually, I personally have experience with how uh, mental health and anxiety can uh, catalyze and make worse um, physical illness. Mm-hmm. Like I struggle with neck pain, back pain that gets worse when I'm stressed out. So Jung Yun, my heart goes out to you and take all the time you need. Um, hope you get better. 
Yeah. I think it's interesting how, or what it, it's called a herniated disc in her neck. Ugh, that sounds really painful. But yeah. when I was looking at some of the fan cams, like Sana would like hold her, like kind of hold her up and also block the audience view of her by Sana being out front. And then Jiho kind of like uh, holding her shoulders as they walk off stage and Sana and Jiho are like smiling Aegyo cuteness at the audience. And I think it's just really interesting that they clearly saw that there was something wrong with, you know, one of their, their members here who they're trying to take care of. And yet at the same time, they had to pit on this, like, mm. this show. Yeah. Uh, That's pretty dark, actually. Yeah. Like, why, why are all of them at this point? <laughs> um, the show must go on, right? Someone's telling them that and it's probably in their own head to, we can't worry the fans or... Uh, yeah. So I think the more that we can demonstrate that this is a perfectly acceptable thing from the fan community, the better, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, but also the benefit of having a group is that you can have members go in and out and the train yeah. keeps going. Yeah, that is that is the reality of K-pop is you have these giant groups so that, you know, the show goes on when, you know, one person is is out. You still have, you know, the 12 others that can still <laughs> lead the way. Yeah. Looking at you, Super Junior. Mm. And spe- speaking of leaving groups, Stephanie, do you want to read on this headline? <laughs> sure. Our next story is that we're covering the social media war after Yoja Idol's Sujin leaves the group over claims that she was a big old bully back in school. The 23-year-old K-pop star and uh, Yoja Idol's label, Cube Entertainment, have denied the rumors that Sujin bullied classmates in middle school. Uh, however, six months after the allegations first emerged, Cube announced Sujin has left the group. Um, like Michaela just alluded to earlier, the group will continue with five remaining members. Mm-hmm. I, I think we, we've there's a group of us in our K-pop chat community we were all talking about this story and i guess some members of of k-pop chat felt like oh come on like if she was a bully like you know hopefully she's learned by now you know my kind of sentiment is that i i mean also having been a victim of bullying in middle school i think it's a real thing and i think there should be consequences quite honestly but if if it was indeed true that she was a bit of a bully or, or that she was bullying in middle school. I think the grown-up responsible thing for, for Sujin to do in that case would just to acknowledge, like, hey, yeah, you know what? I did these things. Maybe even talk about, you know, what, what drove her to, to, to do it. And then to acknowledge, like, and, and here's why I recognize that was a bad thing, what I'm doing to correct this situation. Because I think we all want to forgive mm-hmm. and move on. Mm-hmm. And that would have been better. Like, yeah. you know, we could move on from it. I- I, I think the issue is Cube not wanting to forget and move on because I feel like, in contrast, this is a, an example of a company not wanting to support their artists because they see them as a liability. Well, like, they, I, I, they started supporting her uh, mm-hmm. in the initial wave of this, saying like, hey, you know, she didn't do this. In fact, they keep even said, we're, we're going to go after statements that, you know, libel or slander or whatever. Um on our idol so it looked like initially they had her back Mm. that's that's an interesting way to frame it like they have her back by denying the allegations but if they're true then eh, you're out Mm -hmm. Um, yeah that's that's really conditional 
support. Right. Indeed, it is conditional, especially in that case. And yeah, because they had that quote in the Korea Times article that's that's at the bottom here. It's like we will provide support to G Idol as they move forward, and you know, as they present a more mature music and performances. <laughs> so it's like we're hey, you know, G Idol's still here. It's not you know we we've lost somebody, but hey, G Idol. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I mean, w- the other interesting part of this is that Sujin she doubled down in the very beginning. Uh, saying that, hey, if any one of these things are indeed true, I will, you know, be the first to leave voluntarily because it would be a very bad thing if any one of these things were true. Yeah, and for for Korean, especially the Korean public, bullying allegations are are horrible offenses to to them. And I think there's a little bit of a cultural disconnect where we we think of like, oh, just something that they did like in high school, it it shouldn't really matter. But for the Korean public, it it really does. For sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I wonder, though, it, like, let, let's throw a hypothetical scenario out there. Like, let's say we were to manufacture an artificial scandal that was not actually true on, like, a, an mm-hmm. idol. Which has we, been done. And we're able to get enough momentum for that disinformation. <laughs> uh, yeah. would, would Cube or any other K-pop idol make the same move? And my my theory is that like yeah they would because ultimately it doesn't really matter the the truth of mm. the issue. Yes. What matters is our fans, is the commerce, our stock is the, price, all those things, and those are real and material to them. And so that that's what it's going to come down to. And sure, I mean they could spend PR cycles trying to save and redeem this arc of this idol, but just cost-benefit analysis let's let's just cut this member you know we don't have to pay that much and and uh (laughs) back to the artist for the group as a whole so and who knows we might see sujin make a k-pop comeback in what two three years she could just bounce back from this and people forget and forgave (laughs) like they often do or pull a jy park or uh yeah who, who else has come back from controversy oh gosh Ailey, J Park. There you go. Yeah, all these people have come back from disgrace. Tablo. Yep. Um, it's whatever. Okay. Well, anyway. <laughs> Next item. Th- this one really caught my attention. Oh, yeah? So I'm referring to how former Black Swan member Hemi revealed to have been secretly married <gasps> during her idol days. Clutches because pearls. she's currently undergoing a divorce. Yeah. Ouch. What a way a- for that news to get out. <laughs> Another example of like a story that is only a story because it's Korea. Like I don't, I don't feel like secret marriages are really a, a thing here in the West when it comes to uh, celebrities. I don't know. I, well, it wouldn't be a secret, right? Right. But I think the fact that it was like, oh, the secret forbidden romance. <laughs> You know, makes it, I think, intriguing. Um, The other interesting thing about this is that uh, what the label, who we love to to bash all the time, Mm. uh, said that, Mm -hmm. oh, had we known about this, uh, she would not have joined Black Swan as a member. And from our agency's standpoint, we are in a situation where we could even claim compensation damages from her because of this. So we were talking about this in our Slack uh, community with Eric and um, Katie. And I think 
we're you know we're all trying to be like level-headed here and trying not to be like overly western and like Mm -hmm. and impose our (laughs) cultural dogma and how we might view the situation because certainly uh, from the western point of view uh, you would be like you know freedom independence let me live my life do my thing but in this case it's like the image is the product Mm -hmm. this taints the product i as i understand how the label is looking at it yeah i agree I mean, the, the labels being totally transparent and I really hope they don't go after her for damages. Just let her live her life. Make your money somewhere else. I think the other just kind of ironic part of all this is that they're trying to make a big deal out of this. But Black Swan has like circled through members faster than like boy idols through NCT. Like, I know, right? like, I feel like every, they have the record. Every girl group yeah, idol like, who? at one point <laughs> will have been in Black Swan. It's true. Mm-hmm. I was in so, Black like, Swan, actually. Oh, mm-hmm. oh, of course, because you were the uh, yes. following this I this agency. You were the token token black person. Mm-hmm. That's right. <laughs> anyway, you got it. Yeah, yeah. Like no one even knew that she was in the group because they cycle through memories so quickly. So like, right? All of this is news to me. <laughs> It's like she was in the group. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think they're they're trying to turn it into a publicity stunt to try to stay relevant. Yeah, because right, they they the last thing we talked about with Black Swan was like, hey, we've got new members. Hey, we're gonna d- debut new members that we you know we've got them from around the world. I guess that story flopped. They needed something more spicy. Mm. Okay. Speaking of spicy. Oh ooh. yes. <laughs> mm. So or former. Bitter. EXO member Chris Wu is formally arrested in China for R word or for alleged R word crimes. Um, yeah, so it was announced uh, by the Beijing police on July uh, 30. July. What? Oh, the arrest followed a July 31st announcement, but the oh. arrest happened like yesterday. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, so th- we originally started talking about this because they were all allegations, but now he's officially in criminal custody for these R-word charges. I- again, that's that's really all we have as far as an update. There's no list of what these charges like explicitly are, but it's very obvious that this is in relation to the 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 evidence that was presented by these these minors. Enough to prosecute. Mhm. Mm-hmm. He's in the jailhouse now. And you know, like bringing in a celebrity is no joke. So they must have something. Yeah. And like I like I said, and when we first talked about this story is like it, when it comes to, to China and Chinese media, like I said, it is there's, there's no independent judiciary. The state runs the media. They run everything. So like I said, I don't want to say that I'd want to dis- say that this I don't think that Chris, any of this isn't true. Hold on. Sorry. I don't want to say like, oh, because it's it's China, they're just using him to be a to scapegoat. The scapegoat for maybe something for else. Issues. Yeah, because like we were saying, I, there was a bunch of articles talking about how China is having its own clampdown on fandom and like they're taking down fan sites and, you know, trying to, what was it? Clamping down on variety shows that are accused of cultivating star worshiping. Yeah. Because, you know, when I think of K-pop 
fans. I don't think of religious zealots uh, <laughs> unselfishly worshiping uh, their their opas and attacking anyone online who says anything nuanced or constructive to say about their group because K-pop fans never do that. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, and that is to say, like, I'm not trying to say that the CCP is only using this to, like, fool this initiative that they're trying to do to crack down and be like, hey, look, this is, was your idol. You all loved him and he was a horrible person. And I, I do think we still have to, you know, think about that this is a, a horrible issue where minors were involved. But I, I, there is a bigger story as far as like how this is being used. And it's not, you know, to better talk about the, the fact that these minors were in this situation. It's more of, hey, don't like idols or don't like celebrities. Sure. I mean, it's certainly possible that both those things could be true. Right. And I, I mean, I, I've definitely seen it as a someone who used to represent a lot of Western um companies who had business in China, you you really had to watch out because investigative journalists in China cannot do investigative journalism on government. <laughs> they can, however, do investigative journalism on foreign businesses. And that has a lot of support. Mm. Mm. So I think maybe similarly, as we're seeing here, yeah, things you learn as a PR pro doing uh, international PR. <laughs> Fascinating. Yeah. Well, speaking of questionable journalism. <laughs> oh, yes. Ouch. Okay. <laughs> On the matter of questionable journalism, The Quiet has published a contributed story by Joshua Minsu Kim that characterized the song by PH1 as quote unquote No one does virginal R and B better than South Korea. And it had a lot of fans kind of going, please, huh? please delete this. <laughs> like, yeah, please, please promote this that in really a normal way, please. The Thank take? you. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I thought it was an interesting topic of discussion because certainly the contributor of the story is, is Korean American. Uh, interestingly, after seeing all this kind of fans going like, what the hell to this characterization of the song? Um, PH1 himself says, quote, love the comparison, crying face emoji, orange heart emoji, crying hands emoji. Uh, much, much appreciated the quietest. Yeah, I would like to think that that's about the second half of it, where it's like mm. it's a song that sounds like twinkly maple story music set to a trap beat. I feel like I want to I want to like believe that that's I what he's talking that. about. But we still virginal. What? Yeah, yeah, I think all of us have this kind of icky reaction to um, number one, just uh, again and again, we see Korean artists infantilized through the Western gaze uh, being mm, <clears throat> we see Asian artists again and again infantilized by the Western gaze. And in, in this in this scenario, sounds like infantilized by a Midwestern Korean-American gaze, um, which is totally possible to do to your own ethnic group. Um, yeah. Not surprised about that. Uh, and uh, it also reminded me of discussion that I had over on the Name Three Songs podcast a couple mm-hmm. of weeks ago. Uh, yeah, plug for where- that episode. 
Yeah, hey, it was great. Yeah. We should link to it in the description, perhaps. Yes, yes, yeah, we'll do that. <laughs> and over there, I was talking to hosts Jenna and Sarah about how a lot of the stigmas and myths about K-pop, you know, that the artists are are like babies or children and are not sexual beings, like stigmas and weird thoughts like that come from somewhere and they actually serve to prop up propaganda about America and its supremacy in the world. It's not just on accident that Asians are uh, Asians across the world are um, seen by American like mainstream media of specifically as you know children not really adults not independent um not mature like I, the, the list can go on and on um and has like really big implications so definitely check out the episode to learn more but candace owens speaks for all black people right wait what <laughs> no i'm just kidding <laughs> so the joke there obviously she doesn't right like she's clearly like wacko and like you even have like other yeah. republican like black governors running for California governor and Will Smith are like, please, like, delete yourself. Like, uh, like you know, it, it, it's it's problematic just because you've got like one person of of this ethnicity doesn't mean they speak on behalf to totally. legitimize the entire race. Um, and I think even if I had to push it further, like Joshua, like if you're listening to this, like, you know, I I know look, right now you're kind of doubling down, but like if you recognize that, like. Yeah, you know what? I am kind of like perpetuating like, you know, this negative uh stereotype. It's not too late for you to be like, you know what? I'm not gonna do it again. Here's why I was wrong. I think yeah, and we it's can not all move personal, on it's not your fault. It comes from it's like in the water, the air we breathe here in the US, all of right. those stereotypes. You can't right. help it. Yeah. So that's I think a way we can all be welcoming grown-ups and move the discourse and make the world a better place <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah exactly and like the la last thing I'll, I'll say on this uh as a black fan of k-pop korean r&b and american r&b um the hidden subtext of a line like virginal korean r&b is that there is a i don't know over-sexual or slutty uh, version of R&B. And mm -hmm, it doesn't mm -hmm. take much to guess like who you're attacking with that mm -hmm. uh, stereotype. It's people like me. So um, just want to put that out there. If it's not obvious, whenever there's a stereotype on one group, look at the race that's on the opposite end of the hierarchy for the hidden comparison. Yeah. There you go. Okay, well, um, I think we're supposed to talk about um, Red Velvet's comeback. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, okay, are good, we? Michaela, go ahead, do your thing, do your yes! spiel. Oh my God, finally. Okay. Oh, she's so happy. We Yes, because this is the state of the queendom, guys. We are in everyone, you, me, we are all queens and kings in the queendom because Red Velvet <laughs> is back. Oh, it's been so long. We've had, we've dealt with scandals. We've dealt with injury. We've dealt with... Uh, SM not giving us enough and we finally get something and it's it, it's glorious I love it it's their sixth mini album you know this is this new chapter in the career and I'm so excited for it we're breaking we're, we're, we're chopping the tarts we're sorry we're chopping the tarts we're <laughs> See this is how excited I am we're, for this we're, we're chopping yeah. like fruit we tarts are charting the 
topping the charts and we're, you know, we're oh. like selling albums like crazy because again, we, us Revel Loves have been waiting for this comeback for so long. Yeah, it's a shame they couldn't get a better song for their for their single title track. But. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, you know honestly, what? this I... song could have come out any time in the past 10 years. And and you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Uh, we, this has been compared that's to going back. what they wanted, Stephanie. That's what they you know, wanted. Exactly. Here, let me lay this out for you. So this, okay. is, this is, you know, we had a lot more experimental stuff before this, you know, like Zimzella Bim was a big like, yes. example of that. Really Bad Boy hear, was also kind of out there. Yeah. And, and I've heard this song compared to like a palate cleanser. Yes. A palate cleanser is not the like the high point of a meal. But it's an important part of the process, guys. Like, it's important. Like, it allows you to appreciate all the stuff that comes after it, right? And this, and it's not like this isn't just like a throwaway song. There's like a nice, happy message of empowerment and feeling good. And, you know, you know, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like we've really been missing that in Red Velvet's discography. (laughs) Mm I mean, like, like, like Stephanie, uh, Michaela, I'll, I'll give it to you that, like, that makes sense if you're a fan who's followed it. Yeah, like, I mean, nice save. Like, that, that's how you're consuming it. Like, it, as a part of that, that if you're consuming yeah. it as a journey, right? I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay, I'm casual getting listeners like... Like, like me who are like, <laughs> we, we, we hear this one song in isolation and we're like, oh, that was mm-hmm. a disappointment. So, but you also again, they've been gone for a long time. Like uh, exactly. K-pop, new fans have Which come into K-pop. They've had since a then. lot of time to prepare something good. Okay, I'm sorry. We, we won't look at it that we way. Don't need to. Or, or you could look at it as in like here. This is this is a true representation of like what an authentic like you know, Red Velvet simplified sounds like. So we're going to give you this you know this safe as an introduction, and then we'll hit you with what it really is now. Mm-hmm. So okay, we're like, gonna you know, hold you to that, Michaela. Their next release, <laughs> yeah. we're putting you on the hot seat. <laughs> if okay, another one like this, watch out. Red yeah. loves to to join you to, to oh please, yeah, so they can outnumber uh, us. Oh yeah, she's holding it down. Like she prepared an argument in, and multiple rebuttals. Right? Like bravo, yeah. we should put the applause I mean, track in here. If you're if you're not, you know, feeling the whole comeback or the whole album, some supplementary content is there is a dance challenge, the Queendom Dance of Challenge. Uh, our our unofficial sixth member Taeyong from NCT, you know, set it off with his version on TikTok. Um, and also, Yeri is in a drama right now with I think Hong Sok from Pentagon called Blue uh, Birthday. So, guys, go check that out. You know, if you're into the K dramas. Yeah, Michaela, do you want to just do a whole episode on all the Red Velvet news in the past week? Yeah, that could be the, the Red Velvet episode. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, these, these, you know, I'll, I'll save it. You know, we don't want to put it all out there. Headlines, mm-hmm. breaking news. I'll, I'll be back next week. Yes, you know, one, one you. thing I'll, I'll give to you, and I, I think what was that, Amari and. Um, Cat. Cat. Yeah, they. they yeah. I think they were both saying like. You know what? It goes back to like the theatrical of Broadway larger than life concept. And that I like, right? I mean that that's something yeah. that Red Velvet uniquely does. Uh, to be honest, like in a lot of the uh, drag queen <laughs> communities, like Red Velvet goes up for well. Like you know, yeah. it, it's, you know that's very theatrical kinda uh, out of this world, like, you know, um it kitschy over the top. Uh, production and uh, oh, I yeah. think we get that with the concept I, for sure. I feel like th- they've been chattering the community saying like if this had come out on a Friday, 
Hey. Everybody in the gay club would have known all the choreography, <laughs> every part, every yes. word, and it would have been lit. Yep. Right. Okay. Well, we have to cut it off there or else this will become the Red Velvet episode. <laughs> yes, that is that is the state of the queendom. <laughs> there we go. Um, oh, by the way, has anyone watched Girls Planet? No. Have you guys? How is it? It's okay. I don't like the editing. Like, you know, yeah. when you have to like... It's I'm just, I'm just you... trying to watch a performance and then they have to interrupt it with like three different people like reacting uh. to it. And it's like, <laughs> I, I'm not appreciating the performance at that point with all this. Do they do that thing where they just cut away to silence and you like, you sounds like just to I don't know, build tension or whatever? Oh, yeah, yeah. They, they do all the cliches <laughs> and evil editing and stuff. But oh, I'm not. yeah, it would be a better show if it just kind of got to the point a lot faster. Okay, so this concludes our hit hot. This concludes our hot issue episode for the third week of August. Let, uh, let our listeners know where they can find you each online. You can find me on Twitter at Michaela J K Pop. I'm at S Parker Two on Twitter. I'm at DJ Peter Lowe, and you can tweet all of us at the K Pop Cast. And if you want to get to know us better, come make some new friends in the K Pop Cast Slack. You can find the link in the description of this episode. Yes, yeah, so you can talk with people like Eric. Um, Katie, who we referenced earlier, um, as well as sign up for our newsletter. So we've got a link for that as well. If you just want to be kept up to date with uh, what we're up to. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay great if you're subscribe. like me and you want to tell Peter why he's completely wrong about the Queen Comeback, yeah, that, that's come join me. There too. You're, you're, come join my team. No, please. Lump, lump me in there as well. Yeah, you're Revolution. Come on, make fun of us. Yeah, <laughs> tell us why we're wrong. Yeah. Okay.